3: Hello and welcome in Friday edition of the program glad to have you with us so we've got a busy hour ahead let's get to the show lineup A service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one, switching things up today, Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star will be first instead of last today on the program. We'll get into recruiting and high school basketball and lots more coming up here in just a moment. Also, later in the show, it's Friday, so Dylan Wallace, the sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, will join. We'll talk the latest with IU basketball. There's some big news to talk about. Yesterday, the Big Ten schedule came out, at least uh, the home and away matchup. And then the uh, single games as well. No dates or anything like that, but we do have a, a sense for what the uh, IU path in the Big Ten will look like. And so we'll cover that and more with Dylan later today. And then uh, finally today, Chris McIntyre, the longtime New Albany baseball coach who's had so much success over the years, a member of the uh, Coaches Association Hall of Fame in the sport of baseball, announced his retirement kind of surprisingly earlier this week. And he's going to join us in some segment number three today to recap what's been an amazing run for him in New Albany baseball. And he had a great year, a good way to go out also with his team uh, making it uh, a little surprise to the regional championship game. So Coach Mack of New Albany baseball with us later in the show today. That's the show lineup, a service of Honey Big Tam in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go and curbside service still available as well. And the Thornton's Tech line is open always on this program. That number is 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. It's Summer Cash Bash at Thornton's. Each week, one lucky Refreshing Rewards member will win $10,000 all summer with a grand prize of a 2022 Chevy Tahoe. Simply open your Refreshing Rewards app and click on the Summer Cash Bash icon to enter. And that's not all. You can earn additional entries by purchasing select brands like Mountain Dew 20-ounce bottles, hot dogs, Bud Light 12-packs, large Doritos, and many more items using your Refreshing Rewards card. If you're not a member, no problem of the Refreshing Rewards program. Text REWARDS to 80313. That's 80313 today. Let's get to our first guest, Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star. Kyle, it's uh, mid-June, high school sports almost over. Uh, Baseball state championship games will be played this weekend, but there is plenty to get to because basketball is ramping up this time of year yeah it
2: sure is we got the uh, top 100 underclass uh, showcase tomorrow uh, actually out at Wabash uh, today watching some basketball so yeah it's uh you know how that goes in June it's a lot of high school basketball so uh definitely starting to get more involved with that again
3: I've noted uh, this week a few <laughs> times that I use coaches and other division one coaches from the state and beyond will be out this weekend. It's the first of two live periods in June and there's a really good event. Uh, just south of Louisville in Shelbyville at Collins High School, where there's going to be 64 teams, a handful of Indiana teams, (laughs) also some Kentucky, Florida teams, other states represented as well. But in Indianapolis, you mentioned the top 100 workouts, the girls, I think, today, the boys tomorrow at Brownsburg, and a lot of the great players from our state are expected to attend that event, which normally is well attended by uh, college coaches from the Midwest
2: yeah so this has kind of been a a deal where you know in the past there's a lot of uh you know good players in it but maybe it wasn't a during an open period there's times where it has been during an open period so this year it's back to being uh back to an open period open day anyway just a one-day event on saturday but uh you know should be should be a really good uh good event this year i think it's going to be uh you know, it's actually at Brownsburg because of some of the construction going on at uh, Ben Davis. So, like you said, the girls is today. Uh, the boys will then go uh, tomorrow, and uh, two different sessions. Uh, I think starting about ten thirty, and then another one at about one forty or somewhere. I think maybe two thirty actually uh, to about five forty. So you'll you'll see, you know, basically groups of kids playing together. Uh, you know, kind of thrown together with a team, and then they'll play. I think about three games probably. So you know, it's, it's an event where, you know, you'll see hopefully, you know, some of the best players like uh, Flory Badunga from Kokomo and Xavier Booker from Cathedral, obviously, who's getting a lot of attention this summer. Uh, you know, uh, Miles Colvin from uh, uh, Heritage Christian, who's going to Purdue. <clears throat> so just a lot, you know, a lot of players playing together under one, under one roof. And, uh, you know, that roof this year is Brownsburg, not Ben Davis. So I know people kind of conditioned probably to go out there, but uh should be a lot of fun. I think, the fact that it is during a live period will, will allow, um, you know, make, make some of the top players want to make sure they're there, you know, to play in front of coaches potentially. So, you know, I think that'll be a benefit to the Top 100 uh, Underclass Showcase this year.
3: Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star, my guest, joining me here today in Segment 1. You mentioned Xavier Booker of Indianapolis Cathedral. I feel like <clears throat> we talk about him every day on the program. Kyle, you've covered high school hoops and recruiting in our state now for years, and we've uh, seen a lot of great players uh, come through our state. There's no question about that. But can you ever recall, or maybe who is the last player you can recall, that had such a surge so quickly. I mean, Xavier's always been on the radar of Division I schools and a lot of the local Big Ten schools in the Midwest. But uh, from the end of his high school season, which was a, a 4A state championship until this middle part of June it's just been almost daily a new scholarship offer a national ranking bumping way up to the you know really a top five top 10 ranking depending on the service and he's really become one of the hottest commodities in in prep basketball right now in the country
2: yeah I, I can't think of anything uh, you know to this extent I would say I mean there's been times definitely where you've seen kids make uh, significant jumps. Uh, but but this is a combination of different things. You know, it's the fact that he's he's obviously playing a lot better consistently, but also the fact that his ranking before was kind of a product of, you know, being not seen as much, uh, you know, in part because of the pandemic. So, you know, those factors, uh, you know, those those things also factor into it where he was ranked some 80th or whatever by a couple publications that that you know their experts hadn't really been out to see him or you know for a while there he wasn't even really playing a because of uh concerns over the pandemic so you know so that that also you know i, I don't think if you watched him even a year ago or, or a year and a half ago and you saw what he could do at six foot 10 or 11 and shoot the way he can you probably would have just put him on top 50 based on uh, potential and now that he's fulfilling that potential he's you know, I think Rivals has him at two now, and twenty-four-seven at four. So, and I do. I mean, I, I do kind of sometimes. You know, it's like I kind of cringe at the rankings. I'm like, oh man, that's it feels. It not that it's too high for him necessarily, but the press, the added uh, pressure it kept, sort of puts on a kid. Uh, it's like, man, I'd, I'd almost rather have him be in the twenties or whatever than than go to that high. But, you know, it's it's a good thing for him, I think. In the in the in the long run, I think you know he he's got a family. Uh, uh, that can handle help him handle that sort of expectation and pressure. So I I think it can be a good thing, uh, also. But uh, but I do I sometimes I worry. You know, it's like man, that's that's a lot to put. You know, because then it's like every time you see him play, it's like well, you know, if he does something bad or has a turnover, you know, it's like really is that the number two kid? You know, it kind of adds just sort of this uh, negativeness to it sometimes, but. But i think it's it's uh you know the way he's played lately the offers he's getting it's it's probably you know, it's probably well deserved and i think at this point you know because he has been underrated, i think he could handle probably being uh in that top five and 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 probably feel good about the strides he's made
3: as a player. Talking to Kyle Nedrip of the Indianapolis Star. Kyle, this uh, recruiting period coming up this weekend for coaches, a little different in Indiana because it's an individual event. Uh, The Coaches Association Top 100 Kentucky, the deal down at Collins is a tournament for teams, obviously high school teams. And someone asked me this yesterday, so I'm kind of relaying a question here. This June opportunity these two live periods live weekends in June were created uh, to help get high school coaches back more involved in the recruiting process. Is that, a, is that a fair statement? Was that one of the reasons that all of a sudden, after years of just seeing live opportunities in July, and of course the spring, which are dominated by the uh, the AAU circuits and grassroots basketball, that the high school coaches, this is their opportunity to maybe get closer to college coaches in the recruitment process for their players?
2: Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, that's, that's sort of they wanted to uh, sort of, you know, have have the best of both worlds. I would say maybe less, uh, you know, AAU dominance in the recruiting aspect of it. Uh, I don't know what you know from a, from. A, it's hard to know what everyone thinks about it at this point because, like I said, we've been you know in a different world here the last couple of years, really. Uh, so now it's sort of getting back to a normal schedule. So I'm kind of curious, you know, after July, what uh, you know, maybe what college coaches, what high school coaches think about it. Uh, I can't imagine it's, it's – I don't see any real negatives to it necessarily. I think, you know, you're able to see kids in a different environment maybe than than what uh, you would on the AAU circuit. But but everything's changed so much as far as the transfer portal and, you know, the uh, extra year of COVID eligibility that, you know, to be honest, I mean, the high school kids aren't really getting recruited like they used to uh, anyway, whether it's AAU or high school. But I do think for the – you know, coaches are going to be out tomorrow, I'm sure. and I, th- I would expect – probably a lot of them to be at, at Brownsburg to see, you know, some of these top guys, uh, perform. So, you know, and and also from an in-state, you know, some of these in-state, uh, uh, schools, it's sort of a goodwill thing too. And also you want to keep your, your talent at home, but I would expect mostly in-state coaches to be there uh, tomorrow. And I think they like the, and I'll try to, you know, at least off the record, talk to some of them about, uh, what they think about it. And, and, uh, you know, what, what else maybe can be done or what, what moves they might make to make it a a better uh, process. But I, I think it's been a good thing. Um, You know, there's a, I think maybe adjusting some weekends that are open and some that are not, you could, you could probably, I would like to see just, you know, maybe push back to, you know, have, have the periods be later. You know, I'm not sure we need one uh, that early in April or two of them, you know, so I, I think there's some things you can do with that, but, uh, but, uh, and even maybe put one in May, you know, for an AAU where, where you've had kids playing together for a little bit longer, uh, I think you'd maybe get a little, little better look at it, but, but I do like having the one in April here because we get a lot of coaches in here and it's always a good EYBL event that's here too. So, so you can't have it all, I guess, but I, I, I do like that the high schools are now involved in that, in that process.
3: Yeah, me too. Kyle, I uh, want to close our conversation out today uh, with a little bit about the NBA Finals. I know that you're a big NBA guy, especially in the playoffs. I'm not until the playoffs arrive, but uh, did enjoy at least the second half of the game last night after our summer league came to a close for the summer here. Uh, the Warriors win it. I, I did, didn't did have a dog in the fight. I guess it had Romeo Uh, still been suiting up with the Celtics, I would have obviously wanted to see Boston win. I think, though, and someone had shared a, a note with me that uh, Romeo would have gotten a ring had the Celtics won because he was with them long enough uh, for a certain number of games that had the Celtics won the NBA title, he would have gotten a, a, a ring as well. But with that said, with no dog in the fight either way, uh, I just wanted to see Game 7 on Sunday. That was my whole goal last night, and that obviously didn't ha- happen with the Warriors winning.
2: Yeah, that's all I cared about too. I, I was kind of I was kind of pulling for the because I haven't really got to watch a full you know game. Yeah, I missed the game three and game four, and then I thought last week that uh, there was going to be a game on Sunday, and game five. I was going to sit down and watch it. Usually Sunday games are earlier. Well, it turned out it was Monday, so I'm, uh, I didn't get it. You know, I didn't get to see that one either. But so I was just hoping to sit down and watch a full game on like game seven. Game sevens are awesome, and and I you know someone who follows NBA uh, and I watch. A lot of playoff basketball when I can, but uh, I would have loved to have seen that happen. Celtics are just, I think, maybe a year away, or maybe uh, one ball handler away. I would say from from being, you know, probably the best team in the league. And I, I really thought they were. I thought they were going to win the series, to be honest with you, going into it. But they're just not quite experienced enough, I think, at this point. And, and Tatum, I think another year, you know, going through this series, he wasn't great, but I think next year he'll be. Uh, he'll be better for it. And I think, uh, I know, I know they're talking about maybe trading Marcus smart or some of the talking heads are talking. I would keep him and maybe try to, you know, try to find another guard somewhere in the, in the, in the free agency or, or somewhere. But, but I, I like that. I've never been a Celtics fan, but I kind of like watching that team. I was kind of hoping to see them force, you know, play a game seven Sunday.
3: All right, uh, I agree. Kyle Nedrip, Indianapolis star, kind enough to switch up today and join us in the first segment. Kyle, enjoy some hoops this weekend and today, and we'll talk with you next Friday. All right, sounds good. Thanks, Matt. All right, Kyle Neddenriff with us here as we open the program, and I I did not realize this until I I read the Indianapolis Star this morning, but uh, there's an IU connection to Golden State. Uh, Will Sheehy, who was a thousand-point scorer for IU, and the six-man on those back-to-back Sweet 16 teams, I guess it was 11-12 and the 12-13 seasons, uh, he was in his first year this past season as an assistant video coordinator for the Warriors. He was on the floor last night, according to the the story. And with the uh, Warriors championship, like the rest of the coaching staff, uh, he'll receive an NBA championship ring in his first year as a coach at the pro level. So Will Sheehy in the pro ranks in a good organization working for Steve Kerr. Uh, will be interesting to see if he can move up to a a bench position away from the video stuff, Uh, but need to see an IU connection. And Sheehy gets a ring as uh, Steph Curry and the Warriors get it done last night. We'll head to a commercial break segment, two coming up here in just a few moments. The Thornton's text line is open, that number 502-414-1450. Send in your questions, your comments, topics you'd like us to bring up. Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, is next. We'll talk IU basketball and more with him after this on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. a former Jeffersonville baseball standout who went to the University of Louisville. Uh, he's been in the Diamondbacks organization the last few seasons, uh, bouncing back and forth between Reno, their Triple A team, and the Diamondbacks in Arizona. Uh, was designated for assignment by the Diamondbacks, so basically uh, sent to the waiver wire, I think is a similar comparison, and he was claimed yesterday by the Seattle Mariners. And so, kind of waiting to see what the path will be now for Ellis, but he not now going to be with the Mariners or in the Mariners organization so a new home and a switch for him but another opportunity to keep playing baseball at the professional level uh, for Drew Ellis the former Jeffersonville standout. We'll sure be keeping a close eye on uh, where he goes in the Seattle organization coming up here I would think as soon as this weekend. Dylan Wallace sports editor of the Seymour Tribune is my guest. He's always with me on Friday's as we talk the latest in IU basketball, and Dylan, we got uh, some good uh, off-season news yesterday. It was really kind of a big news day. The Big Ten announced their uh, scheduled designations for this coming season—the home and aways and the single games. Uh, so we'll go through that in a moment. But also, Race Thompson was made available to the media, which it sounds like IU is going to uh, make a player available to the media from time to time this off-season, which I think is a great thing uh, for the fans and. It sure a great thing for people like you that write about it and me that talk about it on the radio to have some off-season update whether it's a coach a player uh, someone from the program always a great thing I thought race had some interesting things to talk about uh, and actually one of the things that caught my ear he said he had been very impressed with Malik Renault right out of the gate in his first few weeks in Bloomington.
4: Yeah it was really nice to kind of have you know, race get, have a, a media availability and, you know, Trace had one a couple of weeks ago as well. So, you know, they're just getting a, a lot more kind of content to, to talk to these players over the summer. And it feels like it's probably because how things are now, where, you know, you can, you can decide to almost leave or come back. And when you decide to come back, you know, they can set you up for an interview and you can kind of talk about why you wanted to come back and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, he seemed really impressed with Malik Renault And, you know, he said what I think a lot of people thought about him coming in was, you know, his body looks ready to play college basketball, playing the Big Ten. And Ray said he was a lot stronger. Uh, he's a lot quicker than he thought he would be when he's coming in. Um, and that's just a really good sign to hear, because that's that's things that, you know, everyone kind of hoped was was this, the thing for him and Jalen Huchifino, that these guys look like their bodies are kind of ready to step in and play. They didn't look like they needed to, you know, put in a lot of work in the weight room to be able to just get ready to play. You know, they look like they're they're kind of – Already strong, already kind of built well. Um, he also, in addition to Renault, he said he was impressed with Caleb Banks as well, which which I think is another pretty good recruit that some people uh, are pretty excited about as well. Just you know, Ray said he's a, he's going to be a fun player to watch. You know, he can do a lot of things on the perimeter, um, so that's exciting too. That he you know he's been impressed with kind of both of those front court guys, um, and and I think it's going to be interesting to kind of see how how much of a role these guys are going to have next season with Trace and race and a guy like Jordan Geronimo all expected to get pretty good minutes. So uh, it, it was good that, you know, that was one of the bigger takeaways from his press conference is just how impressed he was with the freshmen. Um, and I think he said what a lot of people were hoping that, you know, these guys look like they're ready to play right away. Uh, they look at like their, their bodies are ready to play. And that's a really good thing. So uh, that was exciting to hear. Um, and, you know, you know, I, Indiana has been posting, you know, like some workout videos that some of the freshmen are doing with Cliff Marshall. And you can just tell it in those videos. Like, these guys, you know, they don't they don't necessarily look like they're freshmen. You know, a lot of freshmen, when they come in, they're super skinny. And you, you can tell the kind of differences that they make when they, you know, they get older in the program. But these guys, in some of the, the videos and pictures that I use in posting on social media... Uh, they they just they look like they're you know they're men and they're ready to roll and uh, that's a really good sign and you know you hope that uh, that that translates to on court physicality on court kind of success so uh, really excited there and uh, it was nice to hear from race and you know he he gave kind of a lot of good in, insight to kind of why he wanted to come back you know he wanted he trusted Mike Woodson for him to develop his game he talked about handling the ball more he talked about shooting the ball better all the things that you know you know, we think that he can get better at to, to kind of improve as a player and to help the team overall. So uh, really good to hear from Race. And, uh, also, you know, as you said, it's really nice to kind of have, you know, in you know, toward the end of June you get some, some players talking in the media. That's really nice because I don't really remember that happened a whole lot in the past. So it's kind of a nice change up to be able to talk to some of these guys in the summer uh, kind of get their thoughts on, on how things are and what the team looks like and all that kind of stuff. So it was really nice to hear from them.
3: Dylan, one other thing I picked up on yesterday from Race Thompson's media availability, and I hope that this is fair to to say, and I'm curious your thoughts on this, but I heard Race I think at least twice in the interview mention the relationship that he's built with Coach Woodson or the coaching staff over the last year or so since they've been in charge in Bloomington. Obviously, Kenya Hunter's been around a little longer than that because he was a holdover from Archie Miller's staff. But uh, even Trace Jackson Davis, when he had his press conference after announcing he was going to withdraw from the draft, uh, he had COVID, was unable to, to participate in the NBA draft combine, he talked a lot about that relationship with Coach Woodson. And, you know, again, this may be unfair to say, but as I think back about all the player uh, comments and interviews during Archie Miller's time. Uh, No knock on him, but relationships and culture, those really weren't buzzwords that was mentioned by the coaches or by the players it seems like Mike Woodson and his staff have focused on relationships and building uh, a culture in Bloomington and if you read anything about what Mike Woodson's NBA players guys that he coached in the professionals whether it be Atlanta as a head coach or New York as an assistant coach uh, they love him Uh, they love the guy Uh, that's clear Carmelo Anthony all the way down to To lesser players, so I'm curious. Do you pick up on that, and any thoughts on what I'm saying?
4: Yeah, I think it's absolutely true. I mean, you you heard Trey Jackson Davis talking about, you know, this year is going to be a no nonsense year. He doesn't want anyone to get in trouble. He doesn't want anyone to get suspended. Anyone to go mess around and 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 you know have an opportunity to kind of hurt the team and. You know, you you don't really hear players say a lot of stuff like that. And I think that's Mike Woodson kind of instilling in, you know, one of their best players, like, hey, if the best player wants to, you know, go about his business this way, everyone else should. And I think that's a product coming from Woodson. That's the relationship that Trace and Woodson have and also Race. And and you know, Ray said yesterday, as you said, he was like, you know, you know, we we, we we thought we took a step in the right direction in terms of building a culture last year. We thought we turned a corner and we want to keep continue to build that. And Race basically said, you know, it was him and Trace and Mike Woodson. It seems like those three have a really, really good relationship in terms of how they want to lead the team. You know, Woodson obviously will do it from a coaching perspective, and when you have your best players like Trace and Race and experienced players like those guys being able to, to be leaders as well and try to instill that same culture and be on the same page with the head coach, um, that, that that's when teams can, can really flourish. And when they got... When they have the chemistry side down, when they have the trust with each other, when they have those kind of good relationships, I mean, that's really important to winning and uh, being able to kind of go through a grind like this team, you know, like you have to do in the Big Ten and in the February, the dog day of the February, like we always talk about, whenever Indiana seems to always kind of struggle, you know, when you kind of have that foundation built, which, you know, you hope Indiana has now after last season, um, you, that, that should make those kind of situations, those maybe a two game losing streak, it makes those things a little bit easier to handle um you know it doesn't snowball as much. So I think that's the absolutely kind of what's going on right now. And when your best players buy into it and they kinda of echo the same things and, and they're very open about what they want it to be like, you know, inside the locker room and how players should handle things. Uh, you know, it it's it's obviously coming from the coach and that's credit to Mike Woodson and, you know, it's 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 nothing that surprises any of us, you know, when he first took the job. I mean we, we could tell it in his media availability, just kind of the guy he is. We could tell it when recruits would commit and they would talk about how Kind of impressive, Woodson is, and, and and you know how honest he is when he talks to them. So, uh, it's it's definitely a really positive sign that that guys like Trace and Race have kind of bought into this culture that Woodson is trying to build, um, because they're just going to help grow it. And uh, it's a good thing that these guys are coming back because you know they can just help keep it going. And uh, like I said, if you can have that this early in June and. And kind of have everyone on the same page. It, it's gonna it's gonna go a long way. Um, and and that's kind of an exciting thing right now. Is this team seems like they they're on the same page. It seems like you know they know what they want to get done. Um, so so it's really exciting. Uh, and I think Woodson's done an awesome job. Woodson and his staff. It just seems like everyone's done a really nice job. You know, getting these players to, to trust them, being honest with each other, and and you know, showing his what we need to do to, if we want to be successful. And uh, a lot of it's on court stuff, but a lot of it's handling, kind of taking care of yourself off the court and making sure nothing goes wrong. So uh, it's it's been really nice to see that, and you can you can hear it through the words of Trace and Race and the way they talk about Woodson, the way they talk about what they wanted to, how they want to be leaders. So it's been really it's been really positive all around. Um, and I think you know, just having those guys back and kind of having them be kind of a second voice, a second and third voice in the locker room, aside from Woodson. Um, it's going to be really helpful. And, you uh, you, you hope it pays off during the season. Like I said, when times get tough, it should make it a little bit easier when these guys kind of have the culture, when they have the foundation built. So, uh, really positive all around. And you're right. I mean, it's kind of what Woodson's been doing his whole life. And, uh, you know, Hopefully it continues because it seems like it's, it's really going in the right direction.
3: Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, is my guest today. Uh, the Big Ten schedule, at least the designations, the home and away, uh, so the multiple matchups, the home-only, the away-only matchups were announced. Seven home and away matchups for each team. Uh, so Indiana's going to play the following teams twice in conference play this year. Illinois, Iowa, Michigan, Michigan State, Northwestern, Purdue, and Rutgers. IU will play at home in Bloomington against these three schools one time, Nebraska, Ohio State, and Wisconsin. And IU will play on the road at three these three schools one time, Maryland, Minnesota, and Penn State. Going through those games, uh, what, what are your thoughts? What's your takeaway on uh, the schedule component, at least conference-wise, that Indiana's been handed by the conference office?
4: I think having to all the teams they play home and away, um, it's pretty tough. But you know, I, I mean, you're not gonna you're not gonna get by a whole scheduling without having to go to a hard place to play or having to play a tough team twice. But you know, getting Illinois and Michigan and Michigan State and Purdue and Iowa, all those teams twice, it's gonna be tough. But. You know, you kind of counter it with you don't have to go to the Kohl Center, a place that you haven't won in 20 plus years. You know, so that that'll be kind of nice. Uh, They haven't won in Ohio State, it seems like in a long time as well. So getting Ohio State and Wisconsin only in Assembly Hall that should be kind of beneficial. Um, But and then you know the away games, not you know not being able to play like a a Nebraska twice or a you know a Maryland or Minnesota or Penn State twice is kind of unfortunate. But um, I think if this team is is kind of who people think they are, um, this stuff. Shouldn't shouldn't matter a whole lot, um, but, you know, it's going to be interesting to kind of see how it plays out. Uh, they're going to have a lot of tough road games. Um, we saw them play definitely a lot better on the road last year than they ever have, and, and it seems like the, the last couple of seasons. So uh, it seems like they've taken kind of a step up in how to play in a hostile environment. So, and, you know, like I said, we think this team is as talented as, as on paper, it seems like they are, um, you know, you hope this doesn't kind of a, this isn't playing into anything, and and I, it should make for a lot of really really good games in the Big Ten uh, for them. A lot of good teams coming to Assembly Hall. Uh, that that that's another good thing is a lot of these good teams that Indiana has to play. I mean, they're going to at least be in Assembly Hall one time a year, so that'll be really nice to kind of have a lot of these games. Like you know, like we said, all the home and away games, and then Ohio State and Wisconsin all at home. Um, you know, you, you get an opportunity to pick off all those teams at least once at home. Uh, that, that, that's a pretty good draw. So I, I like that Indiana gets a lot of these good opponents in Assembly Hall at least at some point this season. Those will be exciting games. It'll create for awesome environments, good memories for fans to kind of come out and see some of those good Big Ten teams. So I think that's good. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I think it's a little tough, but um, it, it's the Big Ten, so it's never going to be that easy. Uh, and like we said, this, the Big Ten season is, or some of the other Big Ten teams, you know, we don't really know who's all going to be. On the team, you know, there's a lot of question marks around a couple of the other Big Ten teams. So maybe some teams aren't as strong as we think they are, um, and, but maybe they, some teams surprise us like it seems like they always do. So uh, we'll just have to wait and see, but I think if this team is, is who we think they are, uh, you know, this stuff shouldn't, shouldn't matter a whole lot. And uh, I think there should be some good games on the schedule, which which is always fun.
3: We were talking about the schedule yesterday, the non-conference schedule mainly, with Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall. And I'll tell you what, now that you put the non-conference games, what we know and what's rumored, with who Indiana's going to play twice in the Big Ten Conference, who they're going to play at home, who they're going to play on the road only – uh, I'll tell you what, a pretty tough schedule. I know this team's projected to be at the top of the conference. I know they're getting a lot of good marks uh, for where the season could, what the season could be for them next year. But uh, they're going to really, by the, I think by the time they get in, at least into the Big Ten season a bit, they're, Mike Woodson's going to have a good read on this team because of the non-conference and even the conference schedule they're going to play this season.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's going to be a really, really good schedule, a good measuring stick kind of games all around. Um, you know, they probably won't go, they probably won't have a long stretch of, of having just easy games. You know, it feels like this team's going to be tested a lot, um, and it could be a good thing. And there's, and you know, you know, one thing when you look at it is there's just a lot of, a lot of opportunities to pick up a lot of good wins, a lot of resume boosting wins. I mean, you look at kind of last season uh, with not much going on in the non conference and then in the Big Ten, you know, Indiana would, would have a lot of a lot of wins, a lot of road wins against some of the easier teams in the conference, and then you know I think that played into when we got down toward the end of the season when Indiana beat Michigan and they beat Illinois in the Big Ten tournament. Um, it, you know they didn't they didn't get out of that kind of playing game in the NCAA, in, in the NCAA tournament, and that's probably because kind of just their wins across the season uh, once they got in the conference just weren't all that impressive. But now you look at who they're playing, how many you know who they're playing twice and. You know, they're going to have a lot of opportunities to kind of change that, and they're going to have a lot of opportunities to get a lot of really good wins on the resume, um, which which is positive, because, you know, I'm not saying this team's going to be, you know, hopefully fighting for their NCAA tournament hopes in March, you know, hopefully they're, they'll be surely in, but if that is to happen, you know, hopefully, you know, they'll have enough quality wins to where it won't be kind of as nerve-wracking as last year was, you know, so uh, I think, I think, you know, it, it should be, it'll present a lot of really good opportunities, and, you're right. I mean, this team's going to be definitely battle tested. Uh, they're going to have a lot of really good opponents, and you you just hope that uh, it's, it's a good thing. Even if they if they lose a game here or there, you hope that you know, it's a good learning experience and you, and you hope that, you know, they're able to kind of roll and get a lot of momentum, get a lot of confidence playing against these really good teams. And, you know, like we said, you know, India projected to be pretty good. So, you know, it's time to kind of go up there and show it, you know, it should shouldn't matter. You have to go play at Michigan state and at Michigan and at, you know, Purdue and Illinois and Iowa and all these places, you know, if you're, if you're a good team and you want to contend for the Big Ten title, you got to go beat these teams anyways. Um, and you know, you to beat them at home, beat them on the road, doesn't matter. You got to go find ways to win games. So hopefully, hopefully, this, this schedule is a good thing. I know for Indiana fans, they're going to love being able to see their team, especially the non-conference, some of these more high-profile games. Um, and, and you just hope uh, it, it works out well. You hope they get some wins in those. You hope they don't lose all of them. And uh, it should be exciting though. I mean, I think the schedule is going to be jam-packed with awesome games, and it's probably going to be on primetime TV a lot national TV a lot. So uh, that that part of it is exciting, kind of get the program back in the spotlight. And uh, like I said, you just hope they get some wins, though, so so people kind of start turning their heads and paying attention to them because the schedule definitely presents the opportunities. They just got to capitalize on it.
3: Dylan, uh, I I had to like uh, Cliff Marshall, uh, the strength and conditioning coach, athletic performance coach for IU. He had had quite the video of off-season workouts yesterday, and he listed off some of the things they're doing, working with body weight, bands, water bags, medicine balls, Machines, dumbbells, and barbells. Uh, just based on the little clip he uh, gave viewers yesterday, and and the description of each, uh, these guys are going through it this summer, trying to get in shape for next year.
4: They really are. They go through it kind of every summer. It feels like with him, it seems like he he's he's done a really awesome job, um, and you can tell it with with some of the guys' bodies when they when they get older. I mean, you know, when you, if you look at like Race Thompson from his freshman year to Race Thompson now, it's completely different. You look at Trace from his freshman year, Trace now Jordan Geronimo, I mean, you name it, all these guys, their bodies change in a really good way. They get stronger, they get more muscle, they they look more lean. I mean, it it looks it looks awesome. And, and like we said, you know, some of these freshmen already look like they're in pretty good shape. Um, so Marshall's only going to help them get better at that. And you know, I I just wish I could spend like three weeks with Cliff Marshall and see how much of a difference it makes for me. I mean, in fact, I feel like I'd get a, I feel like I'd get a really good experience out of it. Um, but yeah, I like that he kind of shared some stuff that you do, you know, you can, you can kind of take it into your, to, into your own team. Be like, Hey, look at these guys do that. Maybe I could try to incorporate this into here, but yeah, they, they, they definitely, I know, I know, um, just kind of being around the time a lot. I mean, they spend a lot of their time in the summer in the weight room. Um, obviously, they do on-the-court stuff. They get, you know, they, they have they have individual workouts in terms of kind of shooting around and ball handling and stuff like that. But they, they spend a lot of their summer with Cliff Marshall. And that's one of the reasons why, he you know, he builds such close relationships with these guys because he's always around them. He's always spending time with them. And the summer is really when they put that work in. You know, that's when you really kind of get your body to what you think it should be heading into next season. You do that all in the summer. Um, so, you know, he he does a really awesome job. And, and it was good when Woodson took over the program that he kept Cliff Marshall because it seemed like, he you know, that was part of the – you know, he was a part of that old staff that even – you know, though they didn't work out, you know he was a really good part of it. So you know he's done an awesome job, and uh, you know these these freshmen and all all the players are definitely going to look. They're definitely going to be in shape and look pretty good heading into next season. I'll tell you that.
3: Yeah, for sure. Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. Dylan, as we uh, get ready to go to break, uh, I saw the Owls, the the Seymour Owls, in summer league action down our way earlier this week. They, I think, missing a player or two, but they looked solid. Uh, and I mentioned earlier this week on the show, from a high school basketball perspective. Hoosier Hills Conference for a sectional at Seymour. I've got Jennings County as the uh, off-season favorite, so hard to believe high school basketball, um, you know, we're we're already talking about it for next year, but those were some early takeaways I had from Summer League this week.
4: Yeah, I've seen a couple teams play as well. Uh, I I was in, you know, I I saw like Brownstown Central, I saw them play in in Assembly Hall. I went over there and and watched them play a little bit. Teams like Carmel was there, obviously Bloomington North and South were there, and and I actually got to see, you know, a couple of the IU players were there, kind of helping out, run the scoreboard. All three, all the freshmen were there. I saw Trey Galloway and and uh, Tamar Bates were over there as well. And, and, and in addition to, you see Rosemont, he was there watching watching some of the high school kids. So uh, it was it was it was really fun to kind of watch watch these guys play in the summer. Um, and you know, I, I haven't even spring just wrapped up, and that was such a whirlwind. I haven't even let myself think about the basketball season. But man, it's it's going to be fun for sure. Uh, I know Seymour they, they lost a good amount. They, a good amount of production from their seniors, but they're also returning some some pretty good players as well. I know they have a couple of young guys coming in, but yeah, I mean, I, I can't disagree with you about Jennings County. Um, you know, I, I saw them play a couple times last season, and you know, when they're on, they can shoot the heck out of the ball from from three. And I know some of their guys are pretty young as well, so uh, they're, they're going to be pretty tough to beat. And uh, the Hoosiers Conference is is always is always a good one. Uh, you know, they had we had a pretty good sectional. Uh, out in Seymour this past season. So it should be fun when that that stuff starts to pick up again. I'm I'm excited to kind of watch these conference teams play again.
3: All right, Dylan Wallace, uh, sports editor, Seymour Tribune. Dylan, always great to catch up on Fridays. Thank you. We'll talk next week.
4: Sounds good. Thank you. We'll
3: head to a break. We'll come back with uh, Coach Chris McIntyre, new Albany baseball coach of many years who announced his – Retirement earlier this week we'll recap a great run by Coach Mack in New Albany Baseball after this on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison
0: we're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison let's win this and for
3: all the small schools who never had a chance to get here
0: Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison.
3: We're back with our final segment of the show and our final segment of the week. And a great way to close things out. Longtime New Albany baseball coach Chris McIntyre is our guest. And earlier this week, he announced his retirement to his team. And uh, I was able to confirm that with him earlier and get him lined up to join us on the program. Today, Coach Mack, a uh, member of the IHSBCA, the Indiana High School Baseball Coaches Association Hall of Fame, he was elected to that Hall of Fame back in 2020, uh, has led the Bulldogs to 28 really good seasons. Coach Mack, congratulations on a great season and an unbelievable career, and thanks for coming on with us today.
1: Well, I appreciate it, Matt. Um, it uh, Yeah, it was a fantastic season. We... Uh, Started out 5-5, and but with a good schedule, and we just came together, and uh, it was a pretty magical run. Unfortunately, it ended a little bit too soon for for us. We really thought we had a chance to march on a little bit further, but uh, certainly a a good one to go out on and, and a lot of memories for our guys to cherish with them the rest of their lives
3: coach Mack I've known you for many years and you're a baseball guy through and through uh if if we can pry just a little bit what was the reason for deciding after another great season and after 28 full years as head coach at New Albany what what was the reason to to retire to step away from baseball
1: well I've been asked that about a thousand times this week (laughs) it uh probably a lot of it is just 28 years of wear and tear and the the uh the job never goes away even when the season's not going on there's always you know equipment to order uniforms to order games to schedule umpires uh clinics i mean it just goes on and on and uh you know to run a program and to do it right uh there's so many things that go into it and i guess you could just say I, i i've all the little things that are required, I just i am tired of doing them, to be honest with you. There's no other reason. I still love the game. I still love working with kids. But, you know, to, to give it the uh, full attention that you need, I think I'm probably just at the end of my rope. And I'm just tired for no other reason. I guess that would be it. Uh, you know, I, I the first time it really hit me that I might be done, and I've told this story a couple times, we were playing in Meade County on a Monday night. Late in April, and we won a one nothing game. Carson Chandler pitched a fantastic game; was well played. And I was exhausted riding the bus home, and it was like something hit me on the head. And and I just said, I think I'm about done doing this. And uh, and uh, I, I didn't shortchange our team at all, and I continued to work. But I, my feeling really really never did change the rest of the year. And you start making a list of you know why would I what would I miss? What would I not miss? And 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 eventually you get to the point and go, you know, if I'm making this list out, it's probably just time for me to to move on down the road and get some new blood in here.
3: All right, uh, Chris McIntyre, our guest. Coach, I, I wanted to share this with you. I'm not sure if you have seen it or not, but when I messaged you earlier in the week to confirm the news and to set you up to come on this radio program today uh, and tweeted out your, your retirement, uh, it just my Twitter account was inundated with people replying, other baseball coaches sharing memories and thanking you for a job well done. Uh, you have relationships across the state and beyond in this sport, and uh, so many positive comments that I have seen this week. Uh, to, to go 28 seasons, which is a rarity, I think, in any sport nowadays to see coaches go that long, what's it mean to get that kind of response from uh, coaches at other schools and from former players and parents to see an outpouring of real support and love for what you did during your time at New Albany?
1: Oh, my goodness, it's it's touching for sure. You know, you, you don't make a lot of money doing what we do, uh, but you also, when when you get uh, when you, when you get those kind of comments and and people reach out to you, you can't put a price tag on. it. And I'm just doing what everybody has, did for me when I was a kid, and and as I started coaching, you know, I had so many good mentors and people did things for me. And you want to see the grain, game grow, and, and and just want to do right by people. And so you know, it's not something I was ever looking for recognition or anything. I just love the game and uh you you want to see people do well and you want to see kids do well so to get that that is that certainly is nice and and you hope you leave a, a lasting impression and, and touch some people's lives in a positive way so all those things i'd be lying if i said it, i'm not touched by that and it didn't mean a lot because it sure does
3: coach i know there are so many great memories over the years uh that you have suiting up in that new albany uniform but is there one or two you can uh right off the top of your head recall and and maybe tell us about as you close out your coaching career Holy smokes, man, that was,
1: I, of all the things I thought you might ask me, I wasn't prepared, I mean, there it, it, it goes on and on, I mean, you think of all the sectional games that you, that, and championships that you win, and, and I, one day when I'm older, I can probably think back and remember, and this will be a little bit easier, <laughs> uh, but... Uh, I I remember the losses more than anything else, to be quite honest with you. I just, they stick with you more than the wins. And uh, I I wish that I could have always enjoyed the wins more, but you're always thinking about the losses. What can we do, uh, do better? But, uh, you know, you go back to the very first year we started the state tournament 10 and 14 and we end up one game away from the state finals. Uh, You know, that, that's always going to be a a memory. You know, you go 10 and 14 and you're probably going to get run out of town, you think, and then we turn it around and, uh, so uh, that was a long time ago, but I certainly I can remember every single game and every pitch of that one. Uh, I'll never forget this year, uh, the tournament run we had. You know, Tucker struck out twenty nine guys in in two games. I mean, my goodness, that is as dominant of individual performances as as you'll ever uh, see. But so many memories. I mean, you could. I could go on for hours and hours, Matt, so I can't think there's there's too many that just
3: stick out more than another. Absolutely. Chris McIntyre, New Albany baseball coach, who announced his retirement earlier this week joining us. Coach, one of the things that stands out to me is the number of players you have coached that have went on to play collegiately and even at the professional level, whether it's minor league baseball or, uh, in a handful of cases, major league baseball, Uh, just an unbelievable amount of talent that has moved through that you've had a chance to work with and help develop over the years
1: been so lucky been so lucky we've had so many talented players through here and you know I, to be honest it probably didn't have anything to do with me uh, i mean it, it you have to have uh it starts at home with your parents and i've had some just tremendous parental support uh, uh here at new albany and uh you know kids got to be self-motivated so if I've helped in any way uh, along their path, then that's great. But to be honest with you, some of those kids are so talented, it'd be hard to screw them up. To be honest with you, Matt, so <laughs> it uh, uh, it certainly has been good. But you think about all the kids too that you know didn't play college ball that you hopefully you touch their lives. And uh, I, I look down at the list of some of the kids that we've had here that are doctors and dentists and lawyers and. Uh, you know, work for – we've had kids that work for NFL teams and just on and on. I mean, and so it's just the number of kids that you're able to touch and what they've gone on to do, you just take great pride in that.
3: Chris McIntyre, our guest coach. As we wrap up the week, I want to thank you. You and I go back so many years, and I think of Don Unruh and Lee Kelly and uh, the great trips we had. I think I was maybe in middle school or early in my high school years, and uh, through all the high school baseball, once we got to that point here at the Big X, you were first and uh, foremost to help us and answer questions and cooperate with us. And uh, just some great memories, great friendship. And uh, I want to congratulate you, uh, Coach, on just an amazing career. And thanks for what you've done for me as well.
1: Well, Matt, I've, I've known you for since you were a little bitty guy. <laughs> and uh, I, uh, I really uh, appreciate everything you've done at the high school level. And you talked about those guys that here at. At New Albany and that's one of the things that I'm probably most proud of is the tradition and the history that that New Albany and and I always wanted to continue that and for me to be a part of that is just special. Uh, um, I, I, you think about other places you could have coached or whatever and for me I don't think I could have ended up at a better place, and and it was just fantastic for me. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll still be around, man. I'm not I'm not going anywhere. I still got a couple more years of teach, <laughs> and I'll probably still be at games. So I'm not going around. it. I'm not going to be at the ballpark anymore, but I'll still be around.
3: All right. Well, I've got some plans to, to get you to the ballpark from time to time. So I'll, I'll be in touch about those. But coach, <laughs> thank all right. thank you so much for coming on. Congratulations again on a tremendous season and a great career. I really feel like it's the the end of something special uh, of what you were able to do there and, and appreciate the time today
1: thank you so much Matt appreciate all you do
3: all right Chris McIntyre with us uh, what a guy what a coach uh, it, you, you hate to see some of the legends in the area give it up but that's that happens and uh, Chris McIntyre one of the best to do it here in southern Indiana that's going to wrap up this Friday edition of the program thanks so much for being with us we'll return on Monday at 11 a.m. this is the Hoosier report with Matt Dennison